0: Ephesians 5, so we looked at this passage last week on the wife's role, and this evening we're going to look at the husband's role in Ephesians 5, verse 25, 525. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. In you, we live and move and have our being. You're our Father. You've purchased us with the blood of Your Son. You've given us Your Spirit. You've given us Your Word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You've given us spiritual gifts. You've made us part of the Church. You've given us eternal life. Father, we worship You. Pray that now, For the next 30 or 40 minutes you would give us a willing and humble heart to love your truth to receive it to obey it to live it for your glory. Amen. So the husband's roles very plain and simple love your wife. Now the question is how? Because there are some husbands, they beat their wives, they cheat on their wives, and then they still say, but I love her. Well, 1 John 3 verse 18 tells us we should love not with our words and with our tongue, but we should love in truth and with our deeds. So how do you love your wife in that way? Well, first of all, you follow Christ's example. Verse 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Some years ago I was part of a council or committee of pastors and we had to talk to another pastor who was busy getting divorced. And when we asked him, why are you getting divorced? He said, because I no longer love my wife. That pastor didn't have a clue of what love really means. He didn't understand verse 25. You see, the Greek word for love in verse 25, husbands, love your wives. It's in a present, it's in a continuous tense. And it means that you keep on loving your wife. And you don't stop loving your wife after 20 years of marriage because she's gone gray and she's got wrinkles. And then the Greek word is also an imperative, that means it's a command to love is a command and that means love is not just an emotion love is a deed it's something you do it's something you choose to do or not to do
1: so to say
0: i'm getting divorced because i no longer love my wife that is in in all if uh, in in effect you are saying actually you are saying I will not obey verse 25, even though God tells me to. You see, the world doesn't understand love. Even that pastor didn't understand love. They think love is something that happens to you. you love-struck, like you moon-struck.
1: Well, the Bible tells us, love is something you do.
0: It's not something that happens to you. And in many cases, the emotion of love will follow the deeds of love. You start doing deeds of love and the emotion will follow. Like a story uh, was told of a man who wanted to divorce his wife, a farmer. So he goes to town, he sees the lawyer and he tells the lawyer, I want to divorce my wife, I no longer love her. And the lawyer says, well, wait, 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 let's not make it so easy on her. Let's make it hard on her. Why don't you, uh, before you get divorced, spend three months. Spend three months and you do everything you possibly can to show love to this woman. You treat her. You take her out to dinner. You start acting kindly and gently with her. Uh, you start helping her around the house. Start communicating with her. Talk to her. Chat to her. Uh, buy her gifts. Buy her flowers. Do all these nice stuff. And then <coughs> then after three months, we'll, we'll just pull the carpet from under her. And then you file for divorce. And it'll be a real shocker. And so the guy goes back And he does exactly what the lawyer says. He starts acting in all these loving ways and he keeps on doing it. He does it often. He does it every day, all day. And after three months, he comes back to the lawyer and says, Right, I did all of this, but I no longer want to get divorced. And the lawyer says, Why? He says, Because I really started loving her. And the lawyer said, Exactly, that was my point. (laughs) And so that's the, the principle of John 13, verse 17. Jesus says, If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So Jesus says, you do what is right and you'll be happy. Not the other way around. Not say, Lord, make me happy and I'll do what you say. No, no. You do what God says and you'll be happy. And you do loving deeds to your wife and you will start loving her. So do you feel cold toward your wife? Then do, then do verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Start acting in a loving way toward your wife. And you do this even, even if there's nothing in your wife that attracts you anymore then you keep on loving her because this will honor God. Now it will help to keep on doing so, especially if your wife doesn't respond positively immediately. So there's no positive reaction from her side, but you keep on acting in a loving way and in a kind manner as Christ wants you to. And if you keep on doing that, the emotion of love will follow. And the chances are very good that in the end she might respond in a biblical way too, in the correct way, in the right way. Now maybe you say, but this woman, she's driving me nuts. She's driving me up the wall. She's making me crazy. I'm going to lose it. And besides, she doesn't deserve my love. (coughs) Well, you did the same to God, and he loved you. Jesus didn't die for you when you were wonderful and lovely and perfect and beautiful. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. Romans 5 verse 8. So verse 25. Do the same for your wife. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Gave himself up for us. So how do you love in this way? How will you do this? Write down 50 ways you can love your wife. And then every week you add to that list and every day you do two of those things for your wife. And don't just choose the stuff you like. Choose the stuff That'll make her feel you really love her. For instance, don't buy your wife ice cream if she doesn't like ice cream. You're just buying it because you like it. <laughs> rather, rather fix the the kitchen cupboard door that's been broken for months, even years, and she's been nagging you and asking you again and again, you've done nothing. Rather fix that. And she'll really feel you love her. And then you use First Corinthians thirteen verse forty seven as a guideline. Of ways you can love your wife paul says love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it's not arrogant or rude it doesn't insist on its own way it's not irritable or resentful in other words it's not bitter it doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things so do that follow use that as a guideline And then you fill your heart and your mind with those truths and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you to apply it because it's the man who is filled with the Word. He's actually drenched with the Word of God and he trusts in the Holy Spirit. That is the man who will love his wife as Christ loved the church. Verse 18, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What will be the result of being filled with the Spirit? Verse 25, Husbands, love your wives. Or in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, where Paul writes, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and in spiritual psalms and so. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. What will be the result? Verse 18, wives submit to your husbands. Verse 19, husbands love your wives. So I hope you can see that a that a good marriage doesn't start with all these little things you can do for your wife. A good marriage starts with a healthy relationship with the Lord, a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. How, I mean, how can, you, how can you love your wife, verse 25, as Christ loved the church? How can you love as Jesus loved, but you don't know Jesus? So do you want to be a man after God's own heart? Do you want to love your wife as Christ loved the church, verse 25? Then be in the Word, be in prayer, be involved in the church. And then also be at the Lord's table often, as often as you can, so that you can see and be reminded how Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her, verse 25. And that will help you to not expect of your wife, she must fix things first. I'm not going to do it. Let me ask you a question. Who was wrong in the relationship between us and Christ? Well, obviously us. We were the sinners. We are the sinners. Who was the one who took the first step to reconcile, to fix things up? Jesus. So if you're going to love your wife as Christ loved the church, even if your wife is wrong, don't say, I'm going to wait, she needs to fix it first. She needs to say sorry first. No, if you're going to love like Christ loved, you take the first step to fix it. Even if she was wrong. So gentlemen, may I ask you a question? How are things with you? Are there things between you and your wife? It's not right. It's not sorted. Well, then be like Jesus and tackle the problem. Be like Jesus and talk through it with your wife. Sort out the problem. Fix it, as Jesus did in verse 25. And don't wait wait a minute longer. Do it even before you go to bed tonight. Chapter 4, verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down in your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And then be humble when you talk to your wife. Don't try and fix your wife. You know, you just want to show all her mistakes and all her errors and all her sins. Rather confess your sins and then ask God to change you. And if your wife has sinned against you, then forgive her. As the Lord forgave you, chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. The Lord forgave you. Why will you not forgive your wife? If you don't forgive, then your Father in heaven will not forgive you, Jesus said in Matthew 6 and Matthew 18. So forgive your wife and do it completely, just as Jesus forgave you completely, completely. The blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin. Christ says he will, God says he will think of our sins no longer. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He paid the price. Verse 25, he gave himself up for the church. So don't hold on to things that your wife did in the past and you will not forgive her. Forgive, forgive. Verse 26, that Christ might sanctify the church having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So you want to follow the example of Jesus Then do that. And then furthermore, if you want to follow the example of Jesus, you need a special love for your wife. Jesus loved the world. We know that. God loved the world, John 3, 16. But Jesus has a special love for his bride, the church. Verse 25, Christ loved the church. So does your, the way you act and live, does it it show that? Does it show that your wife is number one in your life? Apart from God, of course. Your wife is number one. Or do you give more time and attention and love and money to your children and to your friends and hunting and sport and church and maybe your hobbies or colleagues or your work or TV or the internet or your family or relaxation or whatever. You give more time to anything and everything except your wife. She can't be number one. And your wife has asked you, please, please, will you fix the stove? And you won't do it, but let another woman ask you, please, can you help me fix my stove? And immediately you do so. And that shows your wife is not number one. You're not loving your wife as Christ loved the church. Because the church was number one above everyone for Christ. If you want to love your wife, you need to get to know her. 1 Peter 3 verse 7 says, live with your wives in an understanding way. You want to love your wife, you need to get to know your wife. And that means you need to switch off the idiot box, that's the TV, switch off the TV and chat with your wife, talk to your wife, take her for coffee, ask her questions, get to know your wife again. Buy her gifts, send her messages throughout your day. Comfort her when she's sad, hold her in your arms. Be like God. God tells us that He loves us. He does love us, verse 25. He showed it, but He tells us that. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. I have loved you with an everlasting wife. Tell your wife that you love her. And then give her your full attention when she talks to you. Maybe she's sharing her heart with you. Give your full attention. And then share your heart with her. Share your heart. As Jesus did with His bride. John 15, 15. Jesus said, no secrets. I told you everything the Father has told me. You're my friends. Don't be a closed book. Your wife doesn't know you. You just share the same bed, but you're strangers. No. Talk to your wife. It's nonsense for you to visit with other women and take them for coffee and buy them gifts and take them out for movies and try and solve their problems and their issues in life. That is nonsense. Do it for your own wife. Paul says here Christ gave himself up sacrifice. Sacrifice for your wife. That is what Jesus did. Jesus didn't look out for his own interests. He looked out for the interests of the church. He gave himself up. And if you want to be such a husband for your wife, then your wife's needs and her desires must be above your own even. Don't just think of yourself. Think of the needs of others, especially your wife, Philippians 2 verse 3 and 4. So do what she wants. Maybe it's not, Maybe that's not what you're interested in, but that's fine. Do what she wants. You're not interested in going to Mr. Price home. That's fine. Go with your wife. That's what she likes. Go with her to the nursery to buy flowers or plants. That's what she likes. And then please don't just give her money. And you work for hours and hours and hours to put food on the table and you're never home. And you think, look at me, I'm sacrificing for my wife well, I've got news for you. You can do all of that and you're still not sacrificing. You're still neglecting your wife. You still don't love her as Christ loved the church. If You want to love her as Christ loved the church. You need to give yourself, not just your money. Give your time. Give her your time. Give her your attention. You know, people who are in love, they often say, oh, I'll climb a mountain for you, woman. I'll swim the ocean for you. But then they get married and they can't even switch off the TV and go to pick and pay if their wife asks them. But he said he'll he climb a mountain and swim an ocean. And now pick and pay is too far. If you like Jesus, then you'll lay down your life to protect this woman. Verse 25, Jesus gave himself up for her. We should lay down our lives for one another. 1 John 3.16 That's what a friend of mine did. Seth Myers, a missionary friend. When they were attacked in their house. And he was willing to die for his wife. When they wanted to hurt her, he picked up a chair and fought off the guys. The intruders. That is loving like Christ loved the church. And then he will not only protect her physically. But he will also protect her when the children backchat. He will protect his wife and say, You do not speak to your mother that way. Or even if they're stepchildren, you do not speak to my wife that way. And if people gossip about her, or people criticize her, he won't say to his wife, You and go, you I, I'm tired of all this stuff, you sort your issues out. That's exactly what Abraham did to Sarah when her and her, her slave woman had some issues. He said, you sort it out. You do what you please, what you think is good, in Genesis 16. If you love your wife as Christ loved the church, you give yourself up for her. You protect her. And so you protect her against the people who want to break her down. And if she's wrong, then you protect her. And you help her kindly and gently. You protect her against sin and the temptations of the evil one. That's what Jesus did. Jesus died to sanctify His church. To cleanse her from sin. To set her apart for Himself, verse 26. That He might sanctify her. So be like that. And don't just condemn your wife and and judge your wife for her sin. Help her to change. That is what Christ did. He helped his bride to change. How did he do so? Well, he washed the bride. He washed his bride, the church, with the word. Verse 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. What does that mean? I think it, it refers to a spiritual cleansing, a spiritual washing, by which Jesus purified his bride purified us the church from sin he purified us from sin the moment we we were converted the moment you and i are born again he removes the heart of stone says ezekiel he gives the heart of flesh he sprinkles clean water on us again a spiritual cleansing puts the Spirit inside us and the Spirit leads us so that we are willing and able to obey. Or John 3 verse 5, being baptized by water and the Spirit. That's a spiritual water, spiritual cleansing. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11 speaks of being washed, being justified and sanctified. Titus 3 verse 5 speaks of the cleansing, the washing of regeneration through the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Spirit. And that obviously and of course is portrayed and pictured in baptism, in water baptism. When we call upon the Lord to cleanse us and purify us of a guilty conscience, as Acts 22, 16, rise and be baptized and wash away your sins while you call on the name of the Lord, as we confess Jesus is Lord, as we believe in our hearts that Christ raised him from the dead. And then after that, Christ continues to purify us. More and more he cleanses us from sin. As we hear the word and obey the word. Verse 26 again. Cleanse by the washing of water with the word. Uh, John 15 verse 3. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Or John 17 verse 17. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. And so on the judgment day. Jesus does this. Does this. Because on the judgment day, he will he will set the church, his bride, in front of himself, before himself as a pure bride, as a beautiful bride, as a brilliant and glorious and bright and shining and, and sinless bride. Verse 27, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Our wedding dress, or us as a bride, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 7 verse 14. Now many husbands do not love their wives in that way. They don't love their wives. They want their wife only to be have external beauty, outward beauty. And so they often tell these wives, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. What are you doing to lose weight? I want to put you on a diet. But they do nothing for her inward beauty. Where Peter clearly says in 1 Peter 3, verse 3 and 4, that a woman should focus on inward beauty. That is precious in God's sight. But these husbands don't do this. They don't take the time. To do verse 26. Jesus does verse 26 for his bride. Washes her with the water of the word. These men do nothing of the sort for their wives. They don't even know the word. They don't take trouble to read their Bibles, to study the scriptures, to learn the word of God so that they can lead their wives in the word. They don't don't read the Bible with their wives so that she can grow, as verse 26 says. They send her to church alone in many cases. They don't sit with their wives under the word. Verse 26 again. And they can't, even, they can't answer the questions that their wives have about the Bible and about the Christian life and about sin and about God and about temptation and about Jesus and about the cross and Easter weekend and the Lord's Supper and about raising children. They can't answer those questions. And 1 Corinthians 14 says they should. Verse 34 and 35. And then these men, they expect their wives to be beautiful and have a good character, but they do nothing to nurture this, this kind of beauty, as Jesus did. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And actually many of these men, they soil their marriages. They stain their marriages because they're flirting with other women, and they're looking at pornography. They're not sanctifying her. They're not using the means of grace to help their wives grow spiritually and be cleansed. And so they don't love their wives as Christ loved the church.
1: All right, second command.
0: If we're going to love our wives as Christ loved the church, the husband's role is... To love his wife, but how? Number two, think of how you love yourself. Verse 28 to 33a. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. According to the world, having a low self-esteem is one of our number one problems in life. Well, according to the Bible, actually, we love ourselves too much. 2 Timothy 3 verse 2, In the last days people will be lovers of self. So we love ourselves too much. It's not that we love ourselves too little. And actually, low self-esteem is a hidden form of pride. Because it's as if the person is saying, Why don't other people see how special I am? And so Paul's point then in verse twenty. 8 to 33a is not to tell us love yourself more when he tells you love your wife as you love yourself. He's not trying to say love yourself more. He's trying to say you must love your wife in such a way that you do for her what you would do for your own body. Verse 28. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 33, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself. That is the golden rule. Do to others what you want them to do to you. That's the point. And so that means you provide food for her. If you love her as you love your own body, you provide food for your wife. And you take her to the doctor when she is ill, or when she starts maybe having problems with her hormones, and she's got a bad skin, and she gets Pimples again, like she did when she was a teenager, and she feels embarrassed. Then you take her to the doctor and you're patient with her. When she asks you, Please, will you help me lose weight? Then you work patiently with her and gently. And you buy what she needs to make herself attractive for you her makeup and her shampoo and whatever else she needs, her pretty clothes. You help her clean the house and wash the dishes, or at least pack the dishwasher if you have one, and make up the bed and look after the kids so she can rest. And you don't overload her. Oh, I need to learn this. You don't overburden and overload your wife by inviting guests every weekend. And you keep on, and the guests, if there are guests, you just have a good time visiting the guests. And you don't help her. No, if you love her, then you help her. If you love her as you love yourself, then you help her. You help her even prepare meals, help her in the kitchen, or whatever she needs, whatever needs to be done. And you give her some allowance, some pocket money. If you can afford that, do that. And then you protect her, and you put your foot down. If she's overcommitted at work, or she's overcommitted at church, and you say no more. You're tired and you need to rest. You see, the man who helps, the husband who helps his wife in this way, he's like someone who puts a lot of time and attention into his fruit trees. And they need pruning, then he prunes them. And they need some minerals or whatever you need to work into the ground, compost, and he does that. And he gives enough water. And in the end, you do that to the fruit tree, it'll give you fruit. And you treat your wife that way, and you'll get good fruit, verse 28. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. You'll pick the, the fruit if you treat her in a, a nice way, in a godly way. But the man who neglects his wife shoots himself in both feet. That's just not going to help you. You putting a saddle on a horse, you're not going to ride that horse It's going to throw you off. Your marriage is going down. Your marriage is going down, buddy.
1: If you hate your life, neglect your wife.
0: And fight with your wife. Verse 29. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. And why in, the world, why in the world will you hate your own body? Isn't it better that you, you feed your body and you take care of your body? Verse 29. And shouldn't you treat your wife like you treat your own body, seeing you are one? Verse 32 says, you one, one flesh. So see to it that you, you nourish your wife. Verse 29. You nourish your wife. You cherish your wife. You feed your wife. Physically what she needs, the food, the groceries, you feed her spiritually with a word as we saw just now. And you you even you even try and put something away so that she's taken care of when you die and you're not here anymore. And then you cherish her by being clean and you yourself being clean and neat for her, by giving her hugs and holding her hand and sitting next to her and opening the car door for her and complimenting her like the the man in Proverbs 31 compliments his wife, gives her compliments in verse, uh, Proverbs 31, 28, and 29. You treat your wife, if you're going to cherish her, as verse 29 says, you, you treat your wife like a very valuable item. You take care of her, you look after her, you work gently with her. You speak kindly to her, 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Uh, she's the weaker vessel. Remember that. And you speak well of her behind her back. You don't humiliate her in front of others and talk down to her. And you say please and you say thank you. And you ask even for her counsel and for her input. And you treat her with respect. Don't shout from the lounge. Come and get the baby. Change the diaper. And you're sitting right there. Get up. Help her. (coughs) Like a preacher in Jeffrey's Bay Said in November last year, you married a princess, but you treat her like a hag.
1: Don't do that. Don't treat her like you
0: would treat another man. Cherish her as Christ does for His body, the church. Verse 29 and 30. 29b, just as Christ does the church. Nourish and cherish it just as Christ does the church because we are members of His body. And you do so because you and your wife are one. Verse 31, we are members of his body. Same with you and your wife. You are one, says verse 32. So don't let your wife feel, you know, she feels on edge and she feels threatened because you you put your parents above her. And you're still looking to your parents to lead you. No, verse 31, a man shall leave his father and mother. Leave your parents. Leave his father and mother. Hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So put your wife first. Put her above your parents. Put her above your brother. Put her above your sister. Put her above any other human relationship. And you live as a unity with your wife. As verse 31 says. You share everything with your wife. You hold back nothing. Not even your body. You are one flesh. Now, according to, to the Apostle Paul, he says that, that, that this unity, it's a mystery. Verse 32, this mystery, it's a mystery. This mystery is profound. Now, in, in Scripture, a mystery doesn't mean something that's hidden. It rather means something that was hidden, and it wasn't clear in the Old Testament, but now it has become clear in the New Testament. God has revealed it. Ephesians 1 verse 9. The mystery is made known. 6 verse 19, that I may make known the mystery. Uh, Ephesians 3 verse 3 to 6 or verse 9, the mystery is revealed. And so the mystery of marriage, the point Paul's trying to make by calling marriage a mystery, he says marriage is like this. In the Old Testament, we, just, we mainly saw it as a relationship between a man and a woman, Genesis 2.24. But now in the New Testament, it becomes very clear. It's a picture. It's, uh, the, the, the marriage of a man and a woman is a picture of Jesus' relationship with the church. Verse 32 ends, I'm saying it refers to Christ and the church. So practically this means your first responsibility, if you have marriage problems, is not to go for counseling. It's not to go to a marriage seminar. It's not to buy books on marriage, Christian books on marriage. Your first duty, if you have marriage problems, is to get back into a right relationship with God through repenting of your sin and trusting in His Son, Jesus Christ. And then you get to know Christ more and more through the Word and prayer and devotion, a devotion to His body, devotion to the church, serving in the church. And if your relationship with the Lord is healthy, then you will love your wife as you love yourself. You love your neighbors, you love yourself. And if your relationship with your wife is not right, well, that's going to block your relationship with God. 1 Peter 3 verse 7, if you don't treat your wife in a correct way, just read the verse, go to the verse, it says that your prayers will be hindered. You treat your wife badly, your prayers will be hindered. So do you see the vicious circle here? Many men, their marriages are falling apart because they are not right with God. And because they're not right with God, there is no source they are drawing from. There's no life source they are drawing from so they can love their wives. And so their marriage just goes into this downward spiral until it crashes and burns. So gentlemen, men, fix things up with God. Get right with God. Get right with Christ. And get right with your wives and confess your sins and you will be forgiven. And then you ask for the Lord's leading and you ask for his strength and for his grace to change. And don't show the world this twisted view of Christ's relationship with his church. You give a twisted picture, you give a wrong picture of Christ's relationship with the church, you are lying You're telling people, oh, you see the way I treat my wife? This is how Jesus treats his wife. That's not true. Love your wife in such a way that people will ask you about Jesus. Like a woman who told me when I was still in Elspeth, the pastor's wife told me about a story. She had met this American, I think it was a missionary couple, and they went there for lunch one day, and, and the wife had burnt the the roast roast beef to ashes. She, she'd forgotten all about it. They went to church, and the oven was on high, and when they got back, oh my goodness, it was just this black roast beef, and she was so sorry, and she apologized to her husband, "I'm so sorry," and her husband said, "Don't worry." It's not a problem at all. And this pastor's wife told me she was greatly impressed by the, wife, by the way this husband loved and treated
1: his wife and he didn't scold her. And that's,
0: that's the way we should treat our wives, men. If you're going to make an impression in this world, that's the way we need to treat our wives, especially because we live in a world where, where husbands bully their wives and they humiliate and embarrass their wives, and they ignore their wives, and they make jokes about their wives. Let's not be like that. Let's swim upstream, and let us love our wives as Christ loved the church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would You give us grace. You have equipped us with everything necessary that we can love our wives as Christ loved the church. And I pray for those husbands who have been brought to a conviction of sin this evening, where they see but they lost. They haven't loved their wives as Christ loved the church because they don't know Christ at all. I pray that you would redeem them. You would save them. You would convert them. You would regenerate them. You would give them everlasting life. You would transform them into new creatures that the old things will pass, pass and all things will become new, even the way they treat their wives, that they may be a testimony to the grace, the saving grace and the power of Jesus through the gospel.
1: Amen.